Welcome to BitFirst Byte, a weekly podcast about the web industry, tools and techniques upcoming and in use today. My name is Adam Listek, a web developer from Northern California and Central Illinois. And continuing along uh, the format of the show as I kind of started doing the last two, I wanted to start off with a bit of news, uh, do some links and resources, and uh, then kind of talk about a specific uh, topic that I spend on my mind lately. So starting it off, um, I want to talk about some news. So first up, I want to talk about uh, a bit of a leak, I guess, um, for an upcoming Gmail redesign of their user interface. And it was of interest to me, um, mostly because I, I've moved to using Inbox uh, for almost everything. And honestly, I've kind of fallen in love with that. Uh, but there's some nice things about Gmail that I do miss. And so I was interested to see what changes they're incorporating, especially since Inbox seems to be kind of their platform for testing out things. Um, but what it does look like they're doing is taking some aspects of Inbox and putting it into Gmail. But one of the interesting parts about it is that they're not, they're not going crazy with the user interface. They did a lot of uh, more unique changes in Inbox, but with Gmail, you know, you have such a larger set of users, you really have to kind of cater towards everyone with that and not alienate too many people. So it was interesting to see how, for the most part, the design looks about the same, but a bit more with their material design and a bit, you know, better white space and uh, spacing of everything. Um, but adding some features in from Inbox, like Snooze, um, and also some scheduling features. And uh, it, one other part uh, that looks like they're adding in uh, that isn't in, is not in Inbox is a like private email uh, where someone in Gmail uh, will get a more unique link uh, that only they could see. Uh, or someone outside of it seems to get a link back towards uh, some resource where they can view what was there either I believe by like a password or something uh, it's not clear and I mean all these things are nothing set in stone or anything but if that's kind of the route they're taking and what they're looking at it, it might persuade me to head back that ways because it's kind of the best of both both worlds and it really does add a bit more control and uh, interest to kind of the feature set that they have uh, the next thing I kind of want to talk about um, is uh, Cloudflare's public DNS. So as of, oh, I want to say about a week ago now, um, the Cloudflare released uh, their public DNS. So a couple other folks have had this, uh, Google notably, with their like all eights DNS address. And, um, you know, OpenDNS has a popular one. Um, but Cloudflare released theirs, which is all ones, uh, 1.1.1.1. And uh, what, what they're doing is, or their claim to fame is that they won't be keeping records on, after a certain amount of time, I believe it's like a day or less, of what you know, queries have gone through, and also that uh, it's much faster. Uh, and it does appear to be. You know, a lot of people testing it, um, especially, you know, in various places, over a lot of repetitions. It does look like it is quicker. 
Um, and and it, this does matter because the faster you can resolve an IP address to, you know, well, a uh, an actual IP or the other way around, uh, actual web address to an IP, the quicker that, you know, you can start loading a site. Um, so every little bit helps. Um, but, you know, I've switched over a fair amount of my stuff to using it. Uh, and I do love Cloudflare. I've used them for a long time, a lot of their stuff. So I, I tend to be an early adopter of things they do. Uh, but so far, so good. And having more options in this space is awesome. So, you know, very much recommend you checking it out. And another quick little, I guess, almost PSA. Um, but uh, I talked a while ago about uh, a Drupal vulnerability that had been um, mentioned, but the uh, exploit code and what it was hadn't quite come out yet other than very highly critical patcher sites. Well, that exploit code has been, um, proof of concept code has been released, and it pretty trivially allows you to take over a Drupal site um, just by sending the right uh, type of crafted re uh, request to it. So it's very much recommended that if you have a Drupal site and you haven't already, update immediately because already uh, scanners and um, malicious actors are sending stuff out there and already taking advantage of this. So after that bit of news, I just wanted to share a few links and resources that I found um, that might be of interest. Uh, three things that uh, has been uh, useful to me or I found that might be good to share. There is an article by uh, Pablo Stanley about good to great UI animation tips. And it was kind of interesting to see. I, you know, I'm still trying to explore adding more animation to my sites. This is probably more for like app related type design, but some of it certainly does apply to websites in general. Um, but some of the ideas in there and reasoning behind it was um, pretty, pretty good to read. And, uh, you know, some of the things that were talked about was like sliding content in instead of it instantly appearing or fading in. Um, you know, having when you switch to like another page of content, you kind of cascade the content in, you know, so sequentially show them appearing rather than all at once. And then kind of connecting elements together. An example being like as one part gets bigger, the surrounding elements perhaps shrink away. Um, kind of this growing shrink effect. Um, and some of these things, uh, you know, very much talked about in material design and, you know, been around for a long time, but it's a kind of a good roundup of general ideas and things to look at incorporating into your app design. Um, and some things, especially too, for websites. Though with all things animation and that kind of stuff, definitely caution a bit of restraint um, in terms of not overloading folks with too much design, you know, too much animation. Another little niche uh, resource or uh, link I wanted to share was something by Mark Kellerman, uh, and he had shared a, uh, a function that he created called invoke command as, and this is a PowerShell function. And as you may know, if you've listened to this for a little bit, I'm a huge PowerShell fan. I use it a lot. Uh, but this was a great little uh, function because it allows you to run a, a small script block, which is just a bit of code, uh, on a remote machine is a different user. Now, there are a number of ways to accomplish this, um, but oftentimes you run into something called this double hop uh, credential error or issue, not an error, 
essentially saying if you want to run something on another machine as a different user, it can be a bit difficult to do. Um, so this is a way around it. And I remember doing this personally um, with a function to provision Intel vPro a long time ago when I ran into this same issue and I used basically the same idea. This is just more elegantly wrapped together, which is using a scheduled task um, to run the code and then returning the results from that. Uh, and it you know works well. I've tried it, uh, given it a shot, uh, and it does as advertised. And if you need this kind of thing, something to check out for sure. And finally, the other thing I want to share a bit different, though, um, was uh, there was a Vice article um, about data broker sites. This was a little bit ago, but I, I was looking at it and uh, pretty interesting, but it's a pretty large list of sites that deal with um, information about people and, you know, a special uh, stuff where your, your information gets uh, sold to. And it's compiled around, you know, how to opt out of them or ways to inquire what is out there about you. Uh, and it's especially relevant uh, today because of everything going on at the GDPR and Facebook. So I haven't tried many of these, but I've been looking around into a few of them and see what's out there. But I thought it would be of interest for folks to kind of check out and see and just, you know, know what's out there about yourself and maybe find ways to opt out of all the advertising that you may be contained within and you didn't even know it. So finally, I kind of want to talk about uh, a topic that, you know, I've been thinking a little bit about over time. Um, well, a lot over time, but recently. And um, it came back up again as I was listening to a, um, a podcast called Syntax. And one of their episodes was a bit about this. And that's uh, burnout. Um, and it's they talked about in more and in greater depth, but something I want to talk uh, and touch about a bit uh, upon as well. Um, and if you don't know what what I mean by burnout, it's it's kind of that sense where if you you're working a lot or you're well any task really, but you do it a lot and you just kind of get to the point where you lose a lot of interest or you um, just you dread doing it or you just have a hard time kind of continuing along then you're probably experiencing you know burnout in in the your interest of it and wanting to finish it you know personally for me um i've experienced this many times over the years uh perhaps a bit more acutely for myself as i i work two jobs uh, my primary one at illinois state university and also consulting with web development and just general small business consulting help. But, you know, working all those hours and doing all that, you know, I might be a bit more susceptible to it, I don't know, or just personally. But, uh, you know, the downside is that once I kind of get burned out in one, it, it can very much affect the other. Uh, and sometimes it's because the work becomes overwhelming. You just have so much to do and so little time to do it. Um, sometimes it's just that repetition. Just not having the interest in what you're doing anymore, um, and sometimes it, it just requires pushing through to really finish and get to the end, and others just focusing on something entirely different. You know, honestly, though, for me, I've never quite solved this. Um, I've always gone through those kind of ups and downs with this. Sometimes, uh, 
many times I'm very excited about what I'm doing. I'm enjoying it. Uh, but, you know, as with everything, when you do so much of something, sometimes you just get, you know, burned out on it. And you're just, even with the projects you love, uh, it can be difficult to make more forward progress with everything. So usually to get myself out of the slump, I, I tend to focus on something different for a while uh, before coming back. Um, but it's hard when, you know, you are under a deadline or you need to really finish something uh, and you just have a whole, you know, you have a heck of a time trying to actually finish it and get focused when you just really tend to not want to do something. You know, and I, I know that this is one of those topics that is generally understood uh, by many uh, uh, to be an issue, um, though it doesn't come up as often as I think it probably should. And it's a hard one to go and say to a boss or a client you might have that, hey, you're burned out. Um, because, you know, in reality, in the world, I mean, they're paying you for a job or um for a project and you kind of have to finish one way or the other uh you know their expectation on you isn't to be like oh well i'm sorry you're burned out maybe we'll put it off this time i mean they're paying you to to finish and to you know provide the product that you know they want so it can be difficult to to kind of deal with this and um figure out all right how am i going to get over this slump how am i going to get through this period when i want to provide an excellent product, but at the same time, you know, you're struggling hard to kind of finish it. Um, so, you know, to a large degree, I, I very much understand, you know, the, you know, where the other side would be coming from. And then it, it does kind of come back on how are you personally going to solve this for yourself and kind of work through it. So for me, I, I tend to focus on something else, take frequent breaks, you know, um, I'm also recently discovering that having way too many distractions such as Twitter, email, and things can definitely cause problems because it kind of breaks you out of that flow. And as soon as you're kind of out of the zone, per se, in you know, your work, it's hard to jump back in. It's hard to really um, get through what you need to get through. So, you know, for me, I, I'm going to try very hard to, you know, schedule time to actually look through all those things that I need to um, and find ways of maybe just having really important stuff come through um, and be a little bit less distracting on the other side. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a challenge uh, and you really need to make a priority sometimes in figuring out, well, how am I going to uh, get through this? Um, provide a quality product and, you know, work effort, but at the same time, take care of yourself with that. Um, so I would love to know what everyone else's experiences are with burnout and, you know, how have you found ways to help mitigate or solve this in your own life? So finally, uh, follow this podcast on Twitter at bitvbyte and Facebook at slash bitvbyte. Thank you for listening and please join us next week.